0: Good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Good morning, everybody. Can we stand to our feet? We're getting ready to worship the Lord. You know, today, I have the privilege to stand next to my wife. (laughs) You know, about 15 or so years ago, love brought us together. You know, and and even to this day, love is what keeps us together, right? Love is what gets us through the hard times of life. It's what illuminates and celebrates the good things of life. It gives us hope for our future. It heals us in our sickness. It encourages us in our down times. Love has brought us together. And I want to tell you today that love has brought us together today. Love is what invited us all into before we ever flipped the switch for the power before we ever turned the lights on before we ever rehearsed a song love was here setting the table for each and every one of us to worship here today
1: love this unconditional love that meets us right where we're at and it's here today to empower and to meet every single one of us so let's celebrate this love this love that never fails
0: so if you're grateful to be in a house of love today put your hands together somebody shout hallelujah somebody shout love is here come on love is here come on let's worship the lord today I can do you, I can do. Healing is here. And I receive it. Anybody need a healing? Come on, for a second. Healing is here. Oh, yes, it
2: is God. I reach my hand.
0: Now, fear. Yes, God. You are the God of all power. And it is your will that my life is you. Let's sing this prayer together. Sickness. Sickness can't stay.
2: Yes,
0: come on. Your perfect love. Your perfect love is casting now. Whether you need a healing or you're believing for somebody else, come on i
1: says sickness can't stay any longer because God's perfect love is casting out fear and he is the God of all power and it is his will that our life be healed oh my God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus what a moment we don't want to miss it we want to stay right here because the healer is in the house And we want to pray for you today we want to lock arms together and we want to pray that god would heal you in this moment oh yes the healer is in the house today the one who still makes house calls is in the house today we know that because you brought him along with you and when we got here we found him to be already here The greatest one who lives on the inside of you, who loves you more than anybody else ever could, ever will. The one who will never let you go is present in this room in this moment now. You may have come weary. You may have come worn. You may have come tired. You may have come oppressed. But the word of God says that Jesus, God anointed him to go about and do good and heal all who are oppressed of the devil so we say to the enemy you are evicted today we serve you the eviction notice no more harassing us we take authority over sickness we take authority over anxiety we take authority over depression we take authority over every illness and over every ailment in your body because Jesus the healer is in Over 70,000 people will gather in Arizona today and they will root over a pig skin as soon as it crosses the line or as soon as it's caught by a receiver. But we join with over 3 billion people on this planet to remember the one who took on skin. Skin like your skin. Skin like my skin took on skin and came down low enough to remind us that he is still here to love us right where we are, to touch us right where we are, to lift us up right where we are. He says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. The one who gives you rest is on the inside of you. The one who refreshes you, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And so this morning we join our faith together. Pastor Shelley and I, along with our Pastor Ken, the rest of our staff, we join our faith together with our campuses all across Northern California. Those in the parking lot, those online, we join our faith together this morning to believe and agree with you that he'll touch you right where you are. So receive his touch now. If you are here, there's an ailment in your body. The enemy has been harassing you in your mind. Raise your hand and receive the freedom that God provides you right now. Father, we raise our hands. We raise our hands and surrender to say thank you for your touch right now we raise our hands on to say glory to your name you told us in your word that if we would just believe we would see the glory of God we see your presence in this place we see your presence in this place we see your grace and your love and your mercy all over this place beyond the airways, reaching those of our family who is online reaching those out in the parking lot we thank you this morning and we give you praise for your touch. We give you praise for your touch. Now, here's what I'd like for you to do. You've got two hands. I call them your 10 string instruments. Take your 10 strings instruments like this and give God praise right now. Put your hands together. Come on. Come on, they shout at concerts. They shout at football games. They shout in arenas. We shout in the house of the Lord today. Because the one who loves us, the one who gives us victory is in the house today. And before he left, he said, listen, I don't just want you to remember the football score. I want you to remember me. He says, as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. And so he took the bread. He gave it to his disciples. He blessed it. He broke it and he gave it. And he says, this is my body broken for you. Every pain, every ailment, every emotional challenge. I give you healing now. Eat. Let's eat what represents his body together. Oh, thank you, Lord for the stripes you took on your back for our healing thank you now and then Jesus says this is the new covenant in my blood ratified given for you he says I want you to take and drink all of it because the next time I drink it with you it'll be new in my father's kingdom but as often as you drink it you remember that my blood still has power My blood still reaches to the highest mountain. My blood still reaches to the lowest valley. So no matter where you are in that realm, his blood is able. Let's drink of the one who is able this morning. Jesus taught us the most important prayer that we'll ever pray together. Let's pray this prayer together. You see it up on the screens. Let's pray out loud. Speak it out and let them hear all the way in Arizona as we pray the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever come on give the lord a shout of hallelujah in this place come on give the lord a shout
3: To someone and say, Our God is here. Well, thank you for joining us on campus and online. We're so glad that you're here and we're looking forward to all that God has in store for us today as we worship Him and exalt Him. You know, you don't read very far into the words of Jesus, into the stories of Jesus and His teaching without recognizing that He often gives invitations. You just heard Bishop E.C. share one of them. Come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden. Other invitations say come to me all who are thirsty and I'll give you their drink. Other invitations are follow me or take up your cross. So I figured it was good for me to give you an invitation today. I want to invite you to the next step of what God wants to do in your life. But before I can do that, I want to see if you're able to do it. Okay, so first of all, if you'll put your arms like this, everybody put your arms, hold your elbows, maybe go back and forth a little bit. Okay, good. Some of you got that one. Next one, let's see if you can clap. Anybody can clap? Great. Next one, raise your hand. That's pretty good. Next one, um, turn and shake somebody's hand next to you. Okay, let me tell you, you passed the test. And here's what the test is. This weekend, we are doing a special call for people who would like to step up and volunteer here at Cathedral of Faith to make a difference and be a blessing. You have been blessed to be a blessing. Not blessed just to come sit and go out, but blessed to be a blessing. So if you could do this, then you would be great in our nursery. And actually, this is just a symbol for our children's ministry. We care for children from birth to fifth grade. We care for them by praying for them, teaching them, being with them. You can just be there to help encourage them. So if if you can do this, I hope you'll sign up for children's ministry after service. Now, if you could do this... This is what we do in youth ministry. We cheer our our teenagers on, our middle schools and high schools. We help them follow Jesus, become all they can be. So if you can do this, we'd love to have you sign up to volunteer with our youth. Now, if you can do this, this is bringing the Word of God to life. That's what our World of Arts team does. So whether you want to sing or dance or act or sew, whether you want to run a camera or tech team or lights or sound, If you can do this, we'd love to have you be part of our World of Arts team. You can sign up for that today. And finally, if you can do this, our frontline ushers would love to have you on their team. You can be there shaking hands every weekend, welcoming people to the house of God. So everybody who did this, everybody who did this, and who did this, and who did this, welcome. I hope you'll sign up after service to be part of serving a cathedral of faith. In fact, we have these brochures Out in the foyer. If you haven't received one yet, there's a QR code that you can go online and find all the ways you can connect, you can grow, you can serve here at Cathedral Faith. We'd love to have you take that next step in your growth, in your ministry, and in your service. Well, one more opportunity I want to share with you that you may not be aware of is every Friday night here on campus we have something called Toastmasters. And what this is, it's a worldwide organization with thousands and thousands of locations where people come and learn how to be better at public speaking. You come and you work with others who might not be as a, a, that experience, but they want to have, be better. And if you'd like to be a better public speaker at your work and presenting things and speaking to your family, this is a great opportunity to increase that skill. Every Friday night they meet here on campus and out of the thousands of gatherings across the world for Toastmasters, there's only like four or five faith-based ones and we're one of them. And so you can come in and grow together and take that next step. So God gives us a voice, he gives us skills, he gives us abilities, he gives us gifts so that we can be a blessing. And in Galatians chapter six, Paul writes these words. He says, let us not get tired of doing what is right for after a while we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. That's why whenever we can, we should always do good. We do good by serving we do good by praying, we do good by encouraging, we do good by giving of our tithes and offerings. And that's why every week we give you this opportunity. You can go online, you can go to our app, you can text the number on the screen. The ushers have envelopes here in the aisles. You can take an envelope and put your gift there and at the end of service receive it. Those of you watching online, it's great to have you with us. You can write out a check and mail it, drop it by the office, or do one of the online options. Don't Get weary in doing good, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest. Amen? Amen. Well, you're about to receive something really good right now. Pastor Kin's coming to continue our series, Real ID. Let's give thanks to the Lord as he comes to minister.
4: Hello, Cathedral family. God is good. And all the time. It's so great to see you. Whether you're here on campus, those who are in the parking lot, uh, those who are watching online, different campuses around the area, thanks so much for joining us, creating space to come and meet God in this moment. We're in this series called uh, Identity. We're looking at the subject of identity. What is it that defines me? What do I look to? Now, there are some folks who look to culture to define them. Some folks look to their friends to define them. Other folks look to social media to define them. And then still others look to their work to define them. Is there a football game on later today? <laughs> I saw this one lady who was talking to her husband and she said, I realize you don't wanna be disturbed during the Super Bowl, but is barbed wire necessary? I, I was reading recently a uh, an interview with a quarterback for the 49ers, a young man by the name of Brock Purdy. Yeah, you know who he is. Uh, even if you're not a football fan, he does have an amazing story because last year he was the last one picked in the draft and the last one picked in the draft it's a nickname and your nickname is Mr. Irrelevant because that's usually what you are, irrelevant. But this did not deter him. Instead, he worked very hard. He made the team as the third string quarterback. And then during the season, the starter got hurt and then the backup got hurt. And then Brock Purdy has a chance to play quarterback for the 49ers, and oh wow, did he ever play. He won seven straight games as a rookie. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Broke the record for the highest passer rating as a rookie. Was the first rookie to throw four touchdown passes in a playoff game, in other words, Mr. Irrelevant isn't irrelevant anymore. But most importantly, Brock Purdy, I found out, is a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And in this interview, when he was asked about how did he stay grounded uh, grounded during all this stuff? Well, he talked of all things about his identity. He said, I don't try to make football more than it is. I'm a faith-based guy. So that's how I stay grounded. I don't look at football like it's literally everything. It's a game and it's my job for sure. And I take it very seriously. But at the end of the day, I know that I'm not defined. I'm not defined. I'm not defined by the wins or losses as a person. Like that's not who I am am. There are, yeah. Isn't that a great statement? There's people in this world who look to wins and losses to define them. But he says, I don't look there. I look beyond there. I look to the God who made me. I look to the God who loves me. I look to the scriptures to define who I am. And if I know who I am, then I'll know what to do. I am who God says I am. Say that with me. I am who God says I am. And today, I want to invite you on a journey to this mysterious, profound understanding of who we are at first. You may wonder, what is this all about? It's hard to get my arms around this idea, but to lean into it, I want to show you a scene from one of my favorite movies called The Princess Bride. Do you remember this?
2: is what brings us together today.
4: (laughs) Marriage, say that with me, marriage. The Bible says if you wanna understand what your relationship with God is like, there are all kinds of ways the Bible describes our relationship with God. It says that God is like the potter and we are like the clay that is on his wheel. Or that God is like a shepherd and we are like the sheep of his pasture. Or that God is like a king and we are like his subjects within his realm. Or that God is like a father and we are like children in his home. And then we go to this whole new depth, this whole new level, this profound mystery where God says, if you wanna think of the way we're connected I want you to think of the most intimate connection that a human being can have, marriage. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 54, I'm gonna invite you to stand with me if you would. Everyone stand and let's read this scripture out loud together as we consider what it's like to be connected to God. Would you read it with me, everyone? I made you, I am now your husband. My name is the Lord who rules over all. One more time. I made you. I am now your husband. My name is the Lord who rules over all. Father, thank you for this moment in time. Lord, this is such a profound mystery. Uh, I feel so humbled to even try to tackle it. But God, I pray by your grace, help me to say what I need to say, help us to take hold of what we need to take hold of and let us leave here today more connected to you and grateful for who you are. And when we know who you are, we'll know who we are. And when we know who we are, we'll know what to do. And I pray this in the matchless, marvelous name of Jesus, in his name, for his glory, all God's people said, One more time. Can we give God praise? Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Tell somebody, I am who God says I am. am (laughs) Yeah, as you're being seated. And God invites us into this idea that somehow we are married lovers. Have you ever saw yourself as being married to God? Well, it starts out with understanding the nature of God, love, actually. I, I love talking to people about their ideas about God. I especially appreciate when they feel safe enough with me that they can open up and honestly express what they think about God. And I was once having a conversation with a, a friend. He's a technologist. And he was saying that when it comes to God, he, didn't, he wasn't sure about the whole God thing but he did believe that there was energy, that behind everything that exists, there was this impersonal cosmic force and that it was our job to try and live in harmony with that force. Now, on the one hand, my friend had it right that God is that energy that is behind the existence of the universe. God is that energy which is behind the working of the universe. But if you wanna understand who God really is, the scriptures say you have to go beyond an impersonal cosmic force. That beyond energy, we see an essence. And the essence of God is love. And God invites us into that loving relationship with himself. And he describes that relationship this way. He says in, if we can go to Isaiah chapter 62, verse five, like a young man taking a virgin as his bride, he who formed you will marry you. As a groom is delighted with his bride, so your God will delight in you. Think about that. Have you ever seen God delighting over you? My wife and I, this year we'll be married 40 years. That's a long time. So pray for us. We got five months to go. Pray that we'll make it. Amen. And I remember, like it was yesterday, standing right down here at the front of the church in 1983, and boy, I was waiting for the door to open, and my heart is beating fast, and my knees are getting wobbly, and that music starts to play. Tom, can you help me out? Oh, boy. We know what's gonna happen next. Those doors swing open, and there is my beautiful bride. And I cannot tell you the absolute joy I felt in that moment. Thank you, Tom. How about a nice hand for Tom? Tom, awesome. And then God says, I want you to take the best moment in the best wedding that you've ever seen in human history and that doesn't hold a candle to the way that God delights over us. Hmm. Even if you've never been in a wedding, you've probably been to a wedding. Women because you enjoy them, guys because you couldn't avoid them, but we all know what it is (laughs) to be at a wedding and there you are and you watch them make promises, exchange vows, light that unity candle which symbolizes the two becoming one and you enter into that covenant And God says, if you wanna understand the kind of connection we have with him, you have to think of the most personal, intimate, human connection that there can be. In fact, the apostle Paul says, when you become a follower of Jesus, it's like walking down that aisle. He's talking on the one hand about earthly marriage, and then his his thoughts drift to this divine romance. He writes, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. What does God want us to think about? And when he says we're married, what does that mean exactly? Well, one thing he wants us to take away from this image is that God wants to be the priority of our lives. Everything else is to become secondary. When the Bible says a man leaves his father and mother, back in Bible times, the number one priority in your life before you were married was to your mother and your father. But then when you got married the priority shifted. You and your wife still may live with your parents, but now the priority of your life shifted. It was no longer your parents. It was your spouse. And God says, now that we are married, I want to be the number one priority in your life. I don't want to have, be second place. I don't want to be a supplement to your life. I want to be the number one priority of your life. We're married. We're married. And this is always a good place just to pause and to ask ourselves, hmm, where does God fit into my life? There's lots of things I can be married to. Sometimes people are married to their money or people are married to their career or people are married to their politics. There are lots of things people can be married to. What am I married to? There are people who are even married to, I heard about this one man who went to the Super Bowl and he had seats on the 50 yard line and he gets down to his seat. He sits down and this other person walks up and says, is anybody sitting in that seat? next to you, and he said, no, no one's sitting there. And so the man sits down and he says, I can't believe. He said, I can't believe. How would somebody have a seat like this and leave it empty and not come to the Super Bowl? And the man, the first man said, well, actually, that is my seat. And my wife was gonna come with me to the Super Bowl, but she passed away. And uh, it's the first Super Bowl we've never been together. And this other guy said, well, I, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry to hear that. He said, but couldn't you have found a friend or family member to come with you? He said, no, no, I couldn't because they're all at the funeral. <laughs> so the question is, <laughs> what was that guy really married to? see, We're all married to something. And in giving this image, one of the things God's saying to us is I I don't wanna be a supplement. I don't wanna be an add-on. We're married. I wanna be your priority. I want you to just not know about me. I want you to know me and experience my love for you. We're married. So God, in his essence is love, and enters into this loving relationship with him and with us, and then that love starts to transform us and makes us wrinkle free. Once again, let's look at the Apostle Paul. He starts with earthly husbands, and then he moves to his thoughts about the divine romance, and we read in Ephesians chapter five, what God does for us. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean. Washed by the cleansing of God's word, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. He gave up his life for her, How much does God love us? It's almost like something you would read in a fairy tale where there's the brave knight who knows that the woman he loves has been captured by a dragon and is being held. But he rides out to face off with the dragon. And in the fight, he gets wounded, but he rises up from those wounds and he slays the dragon and then brings Home, the love of his life. That's the kind of love they write stories about. And then we come to the story of Jesus, and in a much more profound sense, Jesus on the cross faces off with the dragon. He feels the fire of the dragon. The dragon badly wounds him, but Jesus rises up and defeats the dragon so he can take us home to himself. Can we give him praise? That's how much we've been loved by him. Others may feel this way about you or that way about you, but I'm not gonna let them define me. I'm gonna let his love define me. And then... I'll let his love begin to transform me because that is what happens when I first become a follower of Jesus. I've got wrinkles. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Hello. We know all about those wrinkles. I mean, truth be told, I can be a little bit of a bridezilla. (laughs) I can. Now, the good news is God loves me right where I'm at even as bridezilla. But he loves me too much to leave me there. And so he begins to transform me. What he does is he puts on a garment of his righteousness upon my life, and that garment starts to transform me from the inside out. Now the theological term for this is holiness. But when some people think of holiness, they think of being religious. And the problem with religious people is they often look sour and dour. And that is not what holiness is really at its core. At its core, holiness is about getting rid of those wrinkles and making you in to that beautiful bride. I wanna call your attention to the screens, and it's a little bit like this. You start out like this, but over time, by his grace, you end up like this. That's my beautiful daughter. Now, we won't be wrinkle-free until that future wedding day. See, the Bible says that on the one hand, we're already married. On the other hand, we're waiting for a future day when that wedding will take place. You always see in, this, in the New Testament this tension between the already and the not yet. And in the book of Revelation we read this about that coming wedding day when Jesus returns. In Revelation chapter 19 we read, let us rejoice. Let us be glad with all our hearts. Let us give him the glory. For the wedding day of the lamb has come and he has, and his bride has made herself ready. Is anybody looking forward to that day? Amen. When Jesus returns. In fact, uh, music legend, Bob Dylan was once being interviewed by Rolling Stone magazine. And he said, I told you the times era changing and they did. He preached, I said the answer was blowing in the wind and it was. And I'm telling you now, Jesus is coming back and he is. And we're waiting for that day when Jesus will return. And all God's people said, But even now, his love is at work to bring out that beauty in you. And so I want you to reimagine yourself today. Can you see yourself being courageous? Instead of letting fear paralyze you, you take that step of faith. Can you see yourself being patient and managing your anger? Instead of screaming at the kids, you talk to the kids. Can you see yourself being kind? Kind to those who you like and kind to those who you don't like? Can you see yourself being free? I was talking with a lady after service a couple of weeks ago, and I remember last year when she went into rehab, and she came up a couple of weeks ago and told me she had been sober and clean for nine months to the glory of God. Can we give God praise, amen? Hallelujah. because addiction can be like that dragon that gets its hooks into you. But God was freeing her up. It's a beautiful thing to be free. Where is God at work in your life making you more beautiful? What an amazing God we serve. His God, his love starts to transform us and will not let us go even when we're that runaway bride. His love will not let us go. In one place in the book of Hosea, we read this. I'll marry you for good, God says, forever. Say that with me. Say it again. Forever. I'll marry you true and proper, in love and tenderness. Yes, I'll marry you and neither leave you nor let you go. You'll know me, God, for who I really am. I'll marry you we good. And he does. Even when we're that runaway bride, and it seems to me like all of us, at one time or another, in one way or another, we've all been that runaway bride. And yet the love of God is relentless. He will not let you go. There's a story in the Old Testament, a prophet by the name of Hosea, And he marries this lady. And when they get married, almost immediately she breaks his heart and she walks out on him. And as you follow the story, she goes from one lover to another lover, to another lover. She eventually ends up prostituting herself. And finally she hits rock bottom where she's actually on an auction block being sold as a slave. That's how far she's sunk. And all the voices are bidding on her. And in the midst of all these voices, the lady hears a familiar voice. Of all people, it's her husband. Hosea is bidding on her. Are you kidding me? After what she's done? And yet, He pays the price to take her home and be his wife again. And God says to us, that is the way that I have loved you. That even when you've walked out on me, even when you've broken my heart into a thousand pieces, even when you've been up on that auction block in shame, being sold as a slave, can you hear my voice? I'm still crying out to you. I'll pay the price so that I can bring you back home. That's how much I love you. That's how much I value you. Hallelujah. just beyond me, that kind of love. But I do know this, that some things are loved because they're valuable, and other things are valuable because they're loved. Take, for example, my daughter's pink blankie. Now, my daughter, in a couple of months, she's gonna have a baby I'm going to have a granddaughter. Did I tell you I'm going to have a granddaughter? I've probably told you before, and I'll probably tell you again. But when she was little, we gave her a pink blanket. Now, that pink blanket, it was a simple blanket. It wasn't made of Far East silk. It wasn't on the cover of Jack and Janie magazine. It was just a simple blanket, and yet she became attached to that. And when she would come in to wake my wife and I up in the morning, sun's up, time to get up. Guess what she had around her neck? Her pink. That's right. And when she would go to bed at night, guess what she would look for? The first thing she looked for before she got into bed was her. And then when we go on vacation and she was packing her little bag, what's the first thing she put in her bag? Her exactly. Now, over time, that thing just started falling apart. Now, the logical thing would have been to throw it away. But how many parents know that's the unthinkable thing to do? Because even though if you'd have taken it to the flea market, you'd have sold it for a few cents, if that. But my daughter loved that blanket. And her love is what made it valuable. And there are times life takes us, life can be brutal, and it rips us, and we feel tattered and torn, and we can look at ourselves and wonder whether we're worth a plug nickel, really. But God in his mysterious majesty has saw, somehow saw fit to wrap his love around us And because we are loved by God, that makes each of us of infinite value. Do you know who you are? You're married to the God of the universe who loves you like that. Can we give him praise? Amen. Hallelujah. Let him love you all over again. Pastor Vaughn is coming to wrap things up in just a minute with a great song about God's amazing love. And before he does, I want you to hear uh, from a friend of mine, a very dear friend. Adam Ebar and I have been friends for I don't even know how many years now, and he was the Raiders chaplain for the last, uh, or for 12 years, I should say. In fact, he was the chaplain for the Raiders at the last Super Bowl they were in, which seems so very long ago, Adam. But Adam's a, a fully devoted follower of Jesus, and he's walked through something, and the love of God brought him through that. And I wanted him to come up here and share just a little bit of his journey with you. Would you give a great big welcome to Adam Ibarra? Adam! love <laughs> you. So Adam, when you're, I mean, you're at the Super Bowl. I've never been to a Super Bowl. It's on a bucket list. I don't know if I'll ever fill that bucket, but Uh, you were there with the Raiders. I mean, what was that like? Well, first of all, being, you know, with the
5: Oakland Raiders for 12 years, it was phenomenal. And then making it to the Super Bowl was absolutely one of those experiences that you just kind of, you're blown away simply because you're seeing the folks that you've worked with all year work their tails off and to get into the biggest game. And uh, to see that was a
4: blessing. It really was. Well, I mean, I, I, you've had some amazing experiences, and then about, I don't know, two years ago or so? In 21, right? In 2021, boy, you just ran into a freight train, and tell us about your journey there.
5: In, in 21, you know, we just coming off the pandemic, I mean, you know, all that stuff, and next thing you know is I get a diagnosis that I have lymphoma, and, uh, Blew me away, man. I thought it
4: was a hernia.
5: I thought it was a hernia. Next thing you know, the doctor says, it's lymphoma. I'd never even heard of that. I go, what is that? And they says, it's a blood cancer. I couldn't believe it. Um, I was floored. I, I, one of the worst things, man, you know, you hear this and the, the doctor just basically just kind of just says, hey, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. So I'm thinking, you know the the only thing i can do at that moment was you know i cried out to god i says god i don't know where this is going to lead and i remember i had to tell my my wife and my two daughters and man that was pretty intense because not knowing exactly what the what where it was and so what eventually happened was the doctor says hey you know we would like you to go through chemotherapy for 6 months and then a stem cell transplant And the stem cell transplant is going to have you sit out for almost a year for recovery. And I couldn't believe that, you know, I went through the six months of treatment, chemo, and then on my way to Stanford, hospitalized for 18 days. In 18 days, I lost 30 pounds. And, uh, you know, obviously I lost all my hair. And there I am just, just thinking. You know, I really didn't know what to think, honestly, but I just remember just saying, God, uh, I need you. And at the end of the day, I just want to say this, is that, man, when you turn to God, we, we serve a God who heals. Could someone say amen? Amen. Praise God. We serve a God who, he's a miraculous worker. And so after Pastor Ken, after, you know, all the tests the doctor basically just says hey after and this was just recently you know within the last 35 days he says adam you're completely whole you're completely healed and he says go live your life to the fullest come on somebody Hallelujah. So no Hallelujah. matter what a diagnosis you may get, we serve a big God. Come on, somebody. Amen. And a God who Amen. knows who we are and what we need.
4: Amen. And
5: Pastor Ken, it was interesting. during For a whole year as Pastor, I mean, I love, I love people. And for a whole year, I had to stay away from basically people because a stem cell transplant, in a, in a nutshell, is that they had to wipe out my immune system. And give me a whole new immune. So when I walked out of the hospital, they said, my immune system is just as a newborn. So you have to be careful. And so during that year of recovery, I felt like, okay, God, you got to use me somehow. <laughs> my poor wife and daughters, they can only hear so much. <laughs> so one of the scriptures that came to me was uh, in Job, where it says, you know, I'm just reading through the uh, verses. And it says, uh, have you looked at, you know, a hippopotamus? Because a hippopotamus is not disturbed during raging waters. So one of the things, you know, I created these children's books out of a hippopotamus to help encourage children to, to we serve a fearless God. Amen. And so one of the things that I'm doing right now is... To every, we have four books, so, so what our goal was whatever four books, kits we sell, we're going to give away, and we want to be able to be a blessing to, man, to just children, and, and the last two things I want to say is this. Look, it took a lot for me, and this is my first time out. I haven't been back to church. This is my first time at church, and I was a little, I'm being honest, a little nervous. Yeah.
4: Yeah, sure.
5: Yeah, and I'm a man of God. I can quote you verses, but I'm still a guy, man. And I says, God, please be with me as I'm here. And I've never talked about this publicly. And I just say this to say that, look, we've been watching online pretty faithful. And I just want to say to anybody who has been thinking about, man, should I get back into church? I just want you, as Pastor Ken says, to come home. Look, if somebody like me who has an immune system as a newborn, man, I realize I need to be around God's people. I realize mm. I need to be in the house of the Lord. Mm. So I encourage you, if you're really thinking about it, to come home. And the last thing I want to say this, when I was getting ready to do chemotherapy, I was, I'm a guy, man. Even though I'm a raider, you know, I'm a raider. I'm still, you know, I still was very fearful, and I remember telling Pastor Ken, I, like, dude, man. I, and all he said to me, he goes, Adam, you know, I told him I go six hours, my first treatment. And he goes, I'll go with you. I said, come on, bro. I go six hours. And he says, I'll, I'm there with you, Adam. And I just want to say this we are truly blessed to have one of the most greatest pastors. Come on, somebody who not only just preaches, but he cares. So I want to say this, man, we serve a great God. Could someone say amen? Amen,
4: amen, amen, amen. Everybody stand with me. Adam, thank you so much for sharing your journey. Uh, Pastor Vaughn and the team, come on out. And I'm going to ask, again, thank you for sharing so, so honestly. Um, I love you, Adam. This is such a special moment for me. Wow. Ah, yeah. It really is, buddy. Just speak a blessing over folks as as the team comes. Dear Lord, we come before your presence
5: and, and I thank you that we're able to come to a place and recognize that we can be vulnerable, we can be transparent, simply we can be real. And I pray, my Lord, that we are able to to look up and recognize that you love us that you love us to a point that you will do whatever you can to make us whole to be able to bring my god who you've created us to be that you're able to bring that to the forefront and god you're always you're passionate about who we are so i pray my lord that as we together today to be able to recognize that you love us And and God, not only do you love us, but you're passionate about us. So we thank you for the purpose that you have for each and every person in this place and recognize that you have plans to prosper them and not to harm harm them and plans to give them a hope and a future. So we thank you in the precious name of Jesus. And we all said, amen. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen.
4: Hallelujah. Pastor Vaughn. He's written a song about the love of God. Get ready to celebrate. How much you appreciate him sharing that song with us. Wow. Just a couple of quick things before I dismiss you. Our team will be down here to pray with you after service. So if you have a need, please come down, and we'd love to pray with you and pray for you. Here's a book. One of Adam's books is called Brave and Courageous. And thank you for the courage you've demonstrated, Adam. I want to give that to you, sweetheart. Yeah. I hope you enjoy that. And then I've got that music and a t-shirt about the song that Vaughn did. Uh, It's on this CD along with the t-shirt. And you can get, both of them will be in the back. They can come by and say hello to Adam, say hello to Vaughn on your way out. And uh, don't forget, you know, this is the first weekend that I can remember where the Super Bowl weekend is the same one as Valentine weekend guys you can thank me after for reminding you so this tuesday as you celebrate love remember how much you are loved by god may the lord bless you and keep you may his face shine brightly upon you may the lord be gracious to you and give you his peace and may you know something that is beyond knowing how wide and deep and high is the love that God has for us in Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. All God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go.